I'm Monica Melpass on Inside Story. The horror of the Florida school massacre is bringing renewed calls for gun control. But will it ever happen? Let's get the Inside Story. Good morning and welcome to Inside Story. Let's meet our insiders today, and they are Terry Madonna, Franklin and Marshall Analyst. Thank you so much for being here. Ed Trzanski, Foreign Policy Analyst. Thank you, Ed. We appreciate you coming. Donna Gentilio O'Donnell from a nonprofit organization. Thank you for being here as well. Good morning, Monica. And Jan Ting, Law Professor. Welcome again to you, sir. Glad to have you as well. Let's reflect on, now we've had many school shootings. This is nothing new, but it is as horrible every time as the last time. From Columbine, Sandy Hook, and now this is the third worst in the country, Parkland, Florida. Florida. In fact, multiple shootings just this year. Can we ever get some reform that the NRA can live with, but parents and students can also feel good about going to school with? Well, first of all, there's no constitutional right to an assault weapon. Where, where this comes from, I don't know. But these are the things that are clear. The NRA has a ton of Republican congressmen and senators on the payroll. They're giving them boatloads of dough, and it's blood money. It is blood money. There has been no action taken in this country. Those kids in Sandy Hook, when they got slaughtered, that should have been the signal. And now, 18 more school shootings, thousands. I mean, we are a, a national disgrace on the international stage. The, the, the people in Washington today have blood on their hands, so how and do they we, need to be held accountable. How do we untangle the politics of this, Ed? Because it really is a quagmire Well, at this first point. of all, we get clear about the use of terms. Assault weapon has, that, that's a term of art that has to do with the appearance of the weapon, not the way not the it way. fires. So that's, that language kind of pollutes the, the argument there. Stop and think that not that long ago, the Democrats controlled the White House, the Congress, and 60 votes in the Senate. They could have done whatever they wanted, but they didn't, in large part, because this is a an issue that is much more complex than just guns. And now the reverse and in this is true case, with the Republicans. But, but in this case, the questions we ought to be asking is, why is it that this man was flagged to the FBI? Right. Everybody at that school said, oh, I knew he would do this right. someday. And we put data points together to go after terrorists, but we're not doing it to pick up individuals like this. Right. And in large part, it's because the law isn't there to help the FBI so and others. So, so, was. Was. So, was there. so much for uh, see something, say something. Everyone saw something, yes. everyone said, said something, something right. and nothing happened. Right. So, and you know, and the FBI is saying, well, we don't have the resources to track down every crazy social media. The guy was using his own name on social media right. saying that and I'm going to be a professional uh, uh, yeah. school shooter. Yeah. The other thing that's noteworthy is, speaking of Sandy Hook, five years ago, uh, when that massacre happened, there was a similar massacre in a school in China, and uh, the same number of victims. And the only difference was in China, it's very hard to get a gun, and so the the, the perpetrator, the mentally ill perpetrator, had to use a knife, and he stabbed all his victims. But you know what? They all lived. They saved them all. Yeah. That's the difference. And and use access to guns is what resulted in the deaths at Sandy The, the debate over gun control is absolutely predictable, that both sides would harden the lines and take the positions that they're taking. In reality, what we have to do, 
particularly with with me mental health problems and when you have when you have these situations in schools we need much earlier detection we had some of that they need to be uh, selected for counseling we need to do a lot more monitoring and tracking and making sure that these situations don't happen in the first place. Early intervention. The early, yeah, and that means we've got to get all the parties involved, I mean political parties, and sit down and figure out a way to approach this that doesn't violate the But you know, every mass shooting, we hear the same I, thing. I Everyone right. says but, the same but thing. But nothing happens but in the, the same thing with gun control. Happen. Go ahead, something Donna. did happen, Terry. One of the things that happened was that there was a piece of legislation that was signed by President Trump, no press, no attention, and what it did is it repealed a very important provision that gave access to data on social, yeah. anybody who was getting uh, any kind of federal uh, support, social security, disability, could related it. to a mental health d disability, could not buy a firearm. He eliminated with a signature that provision. No, pr Now, this is a president who loves to sign things and show everybody and make a big deal out of it. He didn't make a big deal out of this, and now he's calling for thoughts and prayers. Mm. You know what he can do with All this? All right, we're going to have to move on. Last this comment. This shooter could legally buy a firearm, but he could not legally yeah. buy, a beer. buy a beer. Something wrong That's with right. that, and, no, and it would, should right. be an easy correlation to say, if you can't buy a beer, you can't buy a farm. We're having yeah, the same discussions we have after, after every horrible incident. It's the same, very same discussion. All right, let's talk about redrawing the congressional map for Pennsylvania. This has gone back and forth. Probably a half a dozen <laughs> maps have now been submitted uh, between the legislature. The governor has his own version. The Supreme Court is the one that ordered the current map to be gerrymandering and favoring the Republicans. They have a deadline approaching quickly, within hours. What's going to happen because if they don't make a decision between the governor and the legislature, the Supreme Court certainly will, and they too have been elected to position, so of course it's already being called partisan. Right. Well, look, the maps have already been submitted. They were submitted, they had to be submitted by, by Friday, the 15th of February. The Supreme Court in its procurium order going back to January 22nd said on February 19th, we will make a map public. Right. Now, it's the Supreme Court that could postpone that deadline. They have several options. They could pick a map, and as you accurately point out, there are several there. You can get on the, pet, the Supreme Court website and try to figure them all right. out. They could select a map, not write one of their own, which they did back in 1992, or, or they could, they have the technical experts, they could write a map of their own. Right. The Republican leaders in the legislature have said if they draw the map, we're going to go back to court, into the federal court, and argue that they exceeded their authority, that it belongs to the legislature and the governor. So this is just going to go so round and round? And how does it impact the May it's primary? It's not going to go round and round. Ed and I were talking before. This right. this threat of a, of a legal challenge in yeah. federal court, that's yeah. not going anywhere. I think the most likely scenario is the Supreme Court is going to, going to make their own map. Map making is easy now, right? A few clicks of the mouse, uh, and you can do One it hour, very, we very quickly. And they picked their expert already, uh, Nathan Persley, who used to be a law professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, I met him on many occasions. And uh, so I, I think the Supreme Court is ready to go. They're ready to draw their own map. I think the governor knows that. Uh, and so the governor is willing to say to the Supreme Court, you know, let's see there what you is. got. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but here, here, look, this issue should have been resolved by the United States Supreme Court decades ago. And remember, Political gerrymandering has not been ruled unconstitutional by the U.S. Supreme Court. In fact, in a Pennsylvania case, Vias versus Jubilee, 
that had to do with the 2001 map, the court deferred. The Supreme Court of the United States deferred, not justiciable. Now, there are several cases right now, there's a high probability the Supreme Court of the United States will finally make a ruling on on uh, political gerrymandering. But that I, won't affect the Pennsylvania case, which hinges I, on the Pennsylvania Constitution. I understand, right. unless, unless they cite the PA, the federal Constitution, in a sense, which might affect the Pennsylvania maps because obviously the Pennsylvania redistricting can't violate the U.S. Constitution. Somehow has to line up. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Senator Pat Toomey, who last week called out uh, the Philadelphia sanctuary city stature. He actually filed uh, some legislation to have an immigration bill that does target all sanctuary cities across the United States, but of course he's from our area, knowing that will specifically also uh, be a problem for Philadelphians who feel like they're being protected on the one hand, but others say that that is harboring criminals. Where do you think it's going to come down to on that issue? Well, it's unfortunate. It's, it's caught up in the broader dis dispute over immigration, what to do about DACA. But Toomey was on to something, and I think he actually got 55 votes. Yeah, that's right. Which means he pulled some Democrats right. over. Right. And um, the unfortunate thing about immigration, people keep on saying, well, why don't you do one-offs? Just deal with DACA. Just deal with the border. Just One deal issue with at a time. It, it doesn't work. That's not the way legislation is done, and you give away your leverage. But Toomey, I think, is onto something. This is something the public is not in favor of sanctuary cities, except in some largely blue Democratic cities and states. California is the outrider here. And they're still threatening to pull the money, which is going to be the That's bottom right. line That's on it if they take away the funding well, for cities. A couple of things. First of all, I don't understand why Senator Toomey feels compelled to work against a city that he represents as part of this commonwealth. That's first. Let me finish, Ed. What he needs to do is go back and read what Judge Bailson said the last time there was a prosecution case against the city based on sanctuary cities. Bailson laughed them out of the courtroom. He literally laughed and said, you guys don't know what you're talking so about. What? So what? Well, because One this judge? is the room. This is the He's a Republican judge. One I mean, he's a conservative judge, Ed. Well, pres this is presumably, not he's, he, 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 I don't think to, that... Toomey, Toomey is, this is, this is the worst kind of political yeah. posturing. And I, and frankly, it's he needs to fair. turn his tensions back to assault weapons because he's one of the biggest beneficiaries from the NRA. Nobody That's studied, where he needs right, to spend Nobody his time. studies voting patterns in Pennsylvania like Senator Toomey. I mean, he, he just won a, a razor-thin election, and he won it on the issue of sanctuary cities. As a Republican, he, he, so he's, he's going to play that card. He waged a vigorous, uh, noisy campaign against sanctuary yeah. cities. Um, as Ed suggests, his view is he's defending the people in That's Philadelphia right. in challenging well, we have the lowest, city. We have the lowest, well, I'm so sorry, Terry. We have the lowest crime rate in Philadelphia in 40 years, with the exception of some murders that are largely committed and they're involved in drug trafficking, and they don't have to do with immigrants. This issue is going to play out in the 2018 midterm elections. In our own state, it took the, uh, Senator Casey's likely opponent, Congressman Lou Barletta, about five seconds to issue a press release condemning Senator Casey's vote. He he was in the, what, 44, 45 votes that were, you know, sure. uh, that, that individuals in the Senate who voted against it. This is going to be a, a pretty big issue. And like it or not, uh, the guy sitting across from me is right. In the polls that have been done, the voters in the country 
are not in favor of this. They're not in favor and Pat of Pat Tooney and Joe Manchin are the last ones who put their names to a meaningful gun control measure. And Which they both went paid nowhere. a political price. It's not meaningful unless it turns into something. It was political posturing then. It's political posturing. So it's his fault if he does it. No, it's his fault no he, could do, he could do he could do more, Ed. He could do a heck of a lot being more. Very unfair. No, not no. I think not. <laughs> All right, let's move on and talk about the first medical marijuana dispensaries in the state of Pennsylvania. It's been a two-year process to get the regulatory infrastructure going to, of course, approve the doctors who are going to be the practitioners to certify the patients who can get it because of 17 different serious medical conditions, and of course, then launch a whole industry. And they have just opened the first six dispensaries. Uh, tell me what you think on the end uh, game is going to be the net result for the state of Pennsylvania. Good news, bad news? Well, I think it's good news certainly for the people that uh, need medical marijuana sure. uh, for relief of pain. Uh, I'm happy that the, the process is set up. Um, it certainly is going to generate some business activity uh, oh, yeah. in the Commonwealth. Uh, so that's a wel welcome development, and I, I hope the, uh, the state is uh, collecting some tax revenue. Yeah. Anything you want to add, Terry? Well, yeah, I mean, there there's a board that oversees all of this, and they had an expert come in and testify that, guess what? We ought to start to think about something that the current law prohibits. You know what that is? Smoking. It. Well, you would do it through medical marijuana. You know, it would be medical marijuana, Pennsylvania law. But rather than pills, it would be yeah, a smoke Yeah, version. you could smoke it, and some the, the opponents argue, uh-oh, this is another step towards the legalization of recreational Donna, marijuana. There's also, there's also one important bipartisan uh, action that is underway in Washington, and that is to move marijuana from a Schedule One to a Schedule Three drug. This is the basis for the Justice Department driving a whole bunch of initiatives that have been negatively positioned toward medical marijuana and marijuana in, in, in forms in other states. Sure. So uh, when that happens, that's going to make, that's going to, a lot of people will be breathing a sigh of relief that that this important medical development can move forward safely. I don't safely. think there's a serious threat uh, from the federal government towards medical marijuana in, yeah, in Pennsylvania. Great. It's clearly directed at recreational, recreational marijuana, marijuana, a development which we've all been observing. And, you know, the country hasn't turned into a bunch of potheads, but I think um, <laughs> the reality is the need for tax revenue at the state level is yeah, so yeah. enormous yep. that a lot of uh, elected officials see an opportunity, and they're probably yeah. right, Hey, to raise a whole bunch of tax revenue from this and right. ra raise that issue, as Jan, Jan accurately points out, during the course of the legislative maneuvering that finally led to Pennsylvania's law, you know, setting up uh, medical mount, medical right. pot, as we often call <laughs> We're it. We're going to take a break. We'll have much more Inside Story coming your way right after this. Stay with us. 6ABC's Inside Story is presented by Temple University. Welcome back to Inside Story, a controversial case with a local rapper, Meek Mill, who's serving time behind bars for violating parole. Uh, now, according to some experts, the sole witness to testify against him is being accused of lying. Jan, what do you think is the outcome? Is he going to get off? I think the most interesting aspect of this case is that the discovery that the new district attorney has a list of what he considers unreliable cops. And this sole witness against Meek Mill is on Larry Krasner's bad list. Uh, so... Uh, I think the the uh, 
outcome is the DA uh, certainly seems to be on the side of, uh, of Meek Mill, and so we'll have to see how that turns out. All right. Meantime, New Jersey has a new governor, Murphy, and he is going to maybe change up the way charter school expansion is done or not done and reappropriate some of that money. Do you think in the end that the schools are going to be happy with how it all turns out? He's got other priorities like restoring voting rights for parolees and things on the list, but schools definitely made it up there. Yeah, well, look, pub, the public schools are going to, are, many people in public schools don't like school choice, don't like charter schools. You see where we're heading with this. They argue that it siphons off money. In fact, in Pennsylvania, there's a situation right. now where public schools are concerned about money being siphoned off for. And it's, it's not completely Democrat versus Republican, but it's pretty heavily that way with Republicans in rural and small towns in particular more likely to favor school choice. And, and I'll tell you what. There are parents, irrespective of party, in school districts that aren't doing so well that make the same kind of argument that they need school choice, they meet, need charter schools. So what's the and answer, Donna? How do we fairly appropriate the money when there's a limited pot to choose so, from? So full disclosure, my husband represents a lot of charter schools, and when he was in the legislature as a Democrat, introduced for right. the first charter schools bill. Having said that... Um, I think it's really important to remember parents need to have some measure of choice, and charter schools are public schools. There's a misconception out there that somehow charter schools are not, and, and they are. So uh, in, in Philadelphia, we have over 60,000 kids in charter schools. We have thousands and thousands more on waiting lists. Mm. I don't know the stats in Jersey, but the one thing that I do know is that the thing that parents want the most is safety for their kids. The second thing that they want is cal a, a caliber of quality in education. Sure. And Those are basic no needs. Notably, in Philadelphia, charter schools get 20% less per student. Hmm. The school district takes 20% to, quote-unquote, manage all of that. Well, you know what? You, charter schools are already at a financial disadvantage of, in Philadelphia, and they meet a lot of parental and student need that has not been met before those charter schools existed. What the governor in Jersey is going to do, I'm not sure. All right. Speaking of schools, a new setup in the Philadelphia area. The SRC School Reform Commission is gone. Uh, the mayor is setting up a task force to look for people to nominate 27, then he'll pick nine to be the new school board, get that in place very soon, so that uh, rather a 13-member panel, so that they can start making decisions for the upcoming school year. In the end, does Philadelphia, when it gets control, have some ability to reshape and make school better here? It depends on whether they can pay the bills. So Terry, <laughs> Terry brought it up. Seem. It really is. I mean, it's a question you pay, you say. So it's fine to get control, and I think that schools are one of those institutions where you want local control. They have but, some impressive names on the list. Oh, shit. No, no. We're not doubting the, the quality of the people the mayor wants to appoint. That's the... This will be fine. The question will be how will you attend to the financial needs of the schools when Harrisburg is less likely to be impressed by something that they don't control. Right. Well, that's what got them to the SRC in the first right. place 15, 20 years ago. They weren't uh, able to pay the bills so that's well, exactly and the right. state took over because they didn't want to dump money. And by the way, the public does want choice, and they want it not just in, in public schools, cool. 
but they like to hold on to some, some of their own money when they send their children to parochial schools sure. and other non-public schools. All right, let's talk about some new changes to the sex offender registry in Pennsylvania. Because things are changing, the law has made a few mistakes. First, they had Megan's Law, then they had a tighter version of that, and now uh, courts are looking to unroll some of that, and maybe 10,000 parolees could be off the list of right. registrants. Courts have ruled that the new law, the new stricter law, can't be applied retroactively, and it's been a five-year uh, duration since the new law came into effect. So a lot of people have been added to the list under the stricter standards um, based on what they had done. And now the court is saying, well, you know what? You can't really do that. And so that potentially results in the removal of thousands uh, of people from the uh, sex offender list going forward. So where's the balance there, Jan? How do you protect children from predators, but at the same time give predators or alleged predators from way back their rights to live a life as well? I think the process has worked out okay. I mean, I, I think it's right to tighten the standards, but I think it's also right to say we're going to tighten the standards only prospectively. We're not going to go back and add people to the list based on these new standards, which were in effect at the time uh, that they were on. And I think there were a lot of, uh, the, the, the new standards include, I think, a lot of offenses that would not be characterized as sexual offenses. Uh, Last so. word to you, Terry. Well, here's the point. I mean, we were talking about the horrible situation in Broward County in Florida, and we're back in, in a sense, in the same kind of dilemma. How much control, how much should we know, lists or mental health problems, what do we do about them at the same time we protect the constitutional rights of our citizens. What is that balance? Inevitably, when you get the sex offenders, when you get the situations Mental like health we, issues, it, right? yeah, exactly, we're stuck in that same thing. And you now, if we lived in a in, in a totalitarian society, sure. we could resolve this pretty easily. But we don't. So there, therein lies the rub. All right, inside stories coming your way right after a break. Stick around. Six ABC's Inside Story is presented by Temple University. Time for Inside Stories of the Week, and let's start with Ed. Monica, last week at the Union League, more than 500 people heard Jefferson Beauregard Sessions III, Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, say the Civil War wasn't about states' rights or agriculture. It was about the evil of slavery. He thanked God for Lincoln getting rid of it and the people of the North supporting him and then extending a hand of friendship to the South. Mm. Meaningful words. And he's from the South, so there you go. Right. All right, Terry. And Jeff Sessions is absolutely correct. All right. If you're in a third party or an independent, you're going you're gonna to celebrate because in a settlement reach with the courts, you want to run statewide in Pennsylvania now, you don't need 2% of the votes cast in the previous election. Now imagine that, 65, 70,000 signatures on a petition. Wow. You need the magic number is only 5,000. 5, so I think we're going to have a lot more folks running for office in the state of Pennsylvania. All right, Jan. The deadlock over DACA in the U.S. Senate is not the end of the story. Uh, the issue of what to do about these illegal aliens who were brought to the U.S. as children moves on to the U.S. House of Representatives, where only a simple majority is necessary, not the supermajority as in the Senate. So if they can pass something that has the support of the president, there will be intense pressure on the U.S. Senate to act to provide the only form of relief that's politically available for these folks. All right, we'll be watching. Donna. This was a sad week for Democrats in Philadelphia. We lost two leaders who could not have been more different. Peter Buttonweiser was a national leader and probably the most influential figure in electing Barack Obama president. And Roseanne Porcello, a ward leader from South Philly who came up the hard way 
ha was a charter member of the Tough Broad Club. These are people who were leaders over the course of a lifetime among Democrats, and we will miss them. All right. And thanks to all of our insiders for being here. We appreciate your time. Thank you so yeah. much for watching. Hope you have a great week ahead. We'll see you right back here next Sunday morning.